This is Brett Barish, CEO of Sovereign Brands, and you're listening to Self Made. Hi. Hi. You look so pretty. Thank you so much. So first, I got to give you some love. I saw pictures of you in our space. I wish I was there when you were there. You would look fantastic. Thank you so much. It was amazing, and touring the whole place and meeting the staff so mm -hmm. friendly. Did you like? Did you like the space? The I loved it. I loved it. I love every portion and every section of it. And also, as I was saying, the stuff was amazing. So it was it was very friendly to be around. But you look good. You look good in the Bel Air set and and uh, and on the piano and mm -hmm. uh, in the makeup room and in yes. the graffiti room. You just you killed it when I saw the images and I loved it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So I love that you're on. Thank you for, for your fans to know who I am. I'm Brett Barish. I own a liquor company called Sovereign Brands, which is brands like Bel Air, Bamboo, McQueen. I do I get to do this amazing series. I started five or six years ago. My first interview, interview was with Post Malone. Wow. Um, I get to interview successful people, uh, entertainment, music. Uh, in Ghana, I interviewed J-Bad, Komina MP, Black Sheriff. But guess what? You're the first female from Ghana on. So I'm, shout out to you. And I start the same way with everybody. What does self-made mean to you? So um, self-made for me is, is just about being able to rely on yourself, being able to wake up and say, I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to make something out of my life. Because as I always say, there are people around who are going to say, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you achieve this. But then if you don't wake up and work for yourself and achieve and go out there and make it happen, it's not going to happen. So self-made is basically for me, it's just knowing who you are and working towards your achievements and your goals. So I, I was on, and I believe that I was on a podcast last night and yeah. they asked me, you know, give me, give some advice that, that mistakes you made. And my biggest mistake, I'd say the first and the biggest one was I assumed people would help me. I yeah. assumed a whole, everybody who knew better, who knew more would, would be there. And I, I learned the hard way. They're not. And I gotta, I gotta rely on me and me only. And if they come along and do something great, is that what exactly. you're saying? Exactly. I mean, even those who come into your life to help you, they're not going to give you like 100%. Nobody can ever give another person 100%. So if somebody is bringing 50% on board, you should be able to make it happen for yourself, put in your all so that at the end of the day, you get more than 100%. Because if you also bring 50% to the table, then that's 100% for you. You shouldn't re rely on people and say, okay, I'm going to wait and have them do it. Because you have to do something for yourself. If you don't make the effort, it's not going to happen. Did you assume that? Come again. Did you learn it the hard way? Did you think people were going to be in your corner, would be supporting you 100% day one? Yes. Yes, I did. I learned the hard way. And even though they were there for me, as I said earlier on, it's, it's just about me. Because if I don't put in the effort, they feel like, okay, we are trying for somebody who is not trying hard enough. And people were always there to promise me, I'm going to get you this, I'm going to make sure this comes true for you and that comes true for you. But at the end of the day, we are all human beings. I mean, when it gets out of control, there's nothing we can do about it. What did you want to do when you were little? I wanted to be an air hostess. Why? Because <laughs> I, love, I love to travel and I love to go to new places, have new experiences. And I wanted the adventure. So I wanted to be an air hostess right from a very young age. Was there an airline specifically or it didn't matter? You just wanted to be up in the air flying somewhere? 
it didn't matter. I mean, you can even put a, a, a sports plane down and I'll be so happy to go seven. It doesn't even have to be in the air. As long as I'm in the plane, that's fine. As long as you're going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Do you still have that passion where I, I want to go experience things? I want to go see things? Yes, I do. I do. Because um, I have a, an adventure side to me. And thanks be to God and with my music career going so well, it's beginning to come true for me because I've been to a lot of places so far. And I mean, it's something I still want to want to embark on, something I still want to do, travel the world, see the world, share my experiences with the world, share my music with the world. When, when, when did music become the, the, the main thing you wanted to do? It was after high school. Um, here we call it SHS, senior high school. And that was when I decided that I'm going to do music full time. Because I used to sing for people. Anytime somebody wanted comfort or anything, they, they come to me and they're like, oh, sing for me because you have a soothing voice. And I sing for them. And I'm like, I mean, if I'm singing for people to have so much joy, I can just at least make money out of it. Because people were giving me money either ways when I was even charging. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make music something that I'll embark on, just give people a little bit of hope, a little bit of love around the world. Because, you know, music is very spiritual, no? So when people hear you sing, when people hear you perform for them, it gives them a little bit of hope and joy. Did you, were you educated in music? Did you study it? Did you do, or is it just self-taught? It's self-taught, actually. I didn't go to any school for music, but it's something I really want to do. But when I was in high school, I had a group of people um, that were in a choir group, that were in a singing group that would help me. And I used to go for vocal classes, meet people up for vocal classes. But I think when it comes to going for it, like really educational, educational, it's something I want to do in the nearby future, just to expand my music. So who, who was there someone out there who said, Sefa, you, you've got, you're talented. You've got to do something with this. Let's go make this happen. Was there somebody who said that to you? Yes, my mom. My mom has always been my biggest fan. And she has always been there. And she was always like, you have to go achieve something. You have to go make something out of your life. Because initially when I told her I wanted to start music, she was a very, she was a little bit skeptical, but she was like, okay, it's your passion. It's your dream. Let's go for it. So she started with me in church. She used to force me to go and sing in church. And then I went for an audition. We didn't work out well. And I came back and I was kind of like, I'm not going to do music again. And she's like, come on, this is something you love to do. You know, people go for auditions and it doesn't work out, but you have to go through the hard way. It doesn't make you less of a person. So just go for your passion. Let's do this. Let's go all out. So my mom has has been my number one rock so when, when things when when you went on auditions when you went and tried things she was the one in your corner each time to pick you up and say you got to do it again yes all the time all the time even when it came to convincing my dad that music was something i wanted to do you know in the african home the dads are more like oh go to school go to school i don't want you to have anything to do with the social media yep. Stuff like that so when it came to convincing my dad to actually accept me for me and what i love to do she actually made it possible because she she spoke to him she was trying to convince him let's allow her to do what she wants to do so she she's she's been the number one rock since day one so what was the break what was your big break my big break was um, when I released a song titled Sugar featuring um, Dope Nation, an amazing artist from Ghana. And um, it went viral in Ghana. Everybody was singing. Everybody was having fun with it. And it was even a genre I thought I couldn't do. It was a trial. Like, okay, let's try something in the studio. Let's make it happen. And that was my big break. Now I started going to places. People were mentioning my name. People were taking pictures of me without knowing it. And I went for a show. And the song came on and everybody was singing. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is my big break. So, so it, was it, 
was it that easy? Meaning it was just a song that did it? Like it was just the song? It wasn't easy because my journey has been more of like baby steps, taking yeah. grand steps. So when I joined the music industry in the first place, when I got signed to Black Avenue Music owned by D Black, and um, we started with um, having mashups of other people's songs. So that's how people got to know that, oh, there's a girl in the system called Sefa, and she has a mashup of other people's songs. And then I released my first song, which did a little bit good in certain areas and certain cities. And then finally, I got my big break, which was Sugar. So my, my journey has been more of like baby steps, gradual steps. It didn't just happen for me. I had to go through a lot of things to get there. Were you the only female within the, within the signing? Were you the only one? No, I wasn't. I had uh, um, uh, about, I think, four other label mates with me and another female. So we were two females. And then, oh, wait, we were three females, actually, on my label. Did you think that first song was going to be a hit? No, I didn't. I didn't. Did I you think it was good? Did you think it was good? Yes, I thought it was amazing. And everybody in the studio were loving it. So I thought, okay, this is a good song. I'm going to put it out. But I was also scared because I felt like people don't didn't know me for that genre. People knew me to just sing. People didn't know I did the kind of songs that have people dancing and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm very skeptical. I don't know how people are going to accept it. And then we released it and surprisingly people loved it. And so now, now you've got a hit song. People don't even, they know the song. They don't know you yet. And how do you mm -hmm. now take that and make it bigger? What did you do? So for me, I started, um, I made sure that, uh, I made myself more available on social media and also for other shows that were going on in Ghana and around the, the, um, other countries that I could have access to. I made sure that I went there. I did live interviews. I went for interviews. You know, it's, it's not just about the talent and going to make the, the song in the studio. It's more about PR, marketing yourself, making sure other people get to know you, picking up on opportunities that are given to you at a certain point in time. So it was a lot of hard work, a lot of sleepless nights, traveling to villages and towns to go and perform for them, just so they know that there's a girl in the system called Sefa. And where, where did you learn this? Where did you learn to play the game? Meaning I got to get myself out there. I got to be social. I have to be in front of people. I have to find the opportunity. Like who, who, did someone hold your hand or you just said, look, I got to go do this. I know I have to get out there to make myself known. So for me, I've always been persistent when it comes to anything concerning me. And I'm, I'm a go-getter. So once I put my mind to something, I just go ahead and, and take it. So for once, ever since I was growing up, I've always been somebody who always goes out there to get something for myself. But then I also want to give a very big shout out to my record label owned by D Black, as I was saying, because he's been there since day one. He made people actually know that, okay, there's a girl I want to bring out, I want to sponsor, I want to promote. And he, he was the one always teaching me, okay, you have to put yourself out there more because I'm an introvert. It was when I joined the music industry that he was like, you have to put yourself out there more. You have to go for shows. You have to mingle with your colleagues for them to know you. So I learned a lot from D Black and I learned a lot from Black Avenue Music. What's, what's the one thing he taught you? One thing he, he taught me was that... Um, it is never a wrong time to continue to promote yourself. Mm. If it was, he posts everything on his page. He does, it doesn't matter how small it is, how big it is. He celebrates everything. That's one thing I, I learned from him. And he appreciates like, just the little things and the little thank yous and gratitudes here and there. So it's more of like putting yourself out there more. Because, you know, when it comes to my industry, you have to be visible. People have mm. to know you are around. So and that's one thing that he really taught me I'm grateful for. What do you think, if I asked him, what would he say to this? What have you learned from Sefa? 
Um, I think he will tell you that um, Sefa is a go-getter. Sefa is very hardworking. Sefa puts her mind to something and then she goes for it. Sefa is very creative. And I'm sure he would also say that, oh, that's my baby girl. She's amazing. Go support her and stuff like that. Um, after that first song, when was the next, how long did it take before, what was the next one? What was the next song that kind of took for you? So after the, that song, I released my album. I released the whole project. And um, I had a couple of songs with amazing artists on it. I had Famille, Wendy Shea, and these are artists from Ghana. I had Praise and Bisakede and all, um, a lot of artists. So it was This more is the like, album Growth? Yes, the album yeah. Growth. So it was more like I tapped into their fan base and people began to know about me. So that my music started growing gradually from there. But until my next break was like within months, some few months, until I got my next like very international big break. But my album did so well across Africa, across Ghana and across the cities in Ghana. What's, what other market in Africa were you surprised while wow, they know who I am, they like my music? Um, the, the, um, there are people in um, Tamale. We have uh, the Northern region. So we went for a show there and I got on stage. It was Stoneboy show actually. And I got on stage and I was performing my song and they were singing it back to me. It was a whole stadium. They were packed. And I was standing there and I'm like, what's happening? Oh, you know me. Okay, let me, let me continue singing. So that was when I knew that people knew me. People actually knew Did me. Did you actually... I, I always get a kick out of that. Did you think anybody <laughs> knew you at all? Did you think maybe no one had ever heard of your song? Yes, I, I didn't know anybody knew me. I was just like, okay, let me come and promote myself. Let me do my music and then go away. And then I get on stage and people are singing my song back to me because it got to a point the mic stopped working and they were singing the song. I was like, okay, okay, that's nice. Let me keep on doing this. And even after that, I had people in, like, in the streets mentioning my name, taking pictures of me. I saw you here today and I'm like, oh, wow, people are beginning to know me. I have to like, just keep myself a little bit coded. Um, Afrobeats, Afro mm -hmm. the music in Ghana, how different is it from other countries? It's not so different. Afrobeats in Ghana is not so different. One thing I can say is, is a bit different is that we try to put our authentic language into it. We try to make it our own. And I mean, Afrobeats is something that it's all over Africa. So all the African artists are trying to tap into it, to learn more and to make sure that we all achieve the same goal. So it's not quite different from Ghanaians. And Ghanaians are super talented. Whatever they put their minds to, they go ahead and get it. So. So who, growing up, who were some people that you looked up to in the music scene? When I was growing up, I used to look up to a lot of artists, but um, if I'm to mention a few of them, I think Sarkodier, Stoneboy, um, Becca, Efia, Tiwa Savage. Um, most of them were, were people from where I come from because I know how difficult it is to be in the music industry where I come from. So just to see them doing their thing internationally and also globally it's like wow if they can do it then i can also do it so i used to really really look up to all of them who, who um is there anybody even in the u.s as an example that 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 i want to follow her path she's 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 doing it the right way she's somebody i i would like to be yeah um, in the U.S., um, I think I look up to Beyonce, I look up to Rihanna, the Cardi B's, the Megan Thee Stallions. I mean, the women that are taking over the world now, they are those I'm looking up to and those that are, are really willing to promote their brand whichever way and also make people know that women are here to stay and they are here to make things work. Those are the women I look up to, the female musicians. Would you rather, would you rather do a collaboration with a man or a woman? 
for me i think i gel more with men when it comes to music but um, i would love to do something with women because there's always a lot to learn from women and women are so open to work and to expand their brand so i think i would like to work with women just to move on with the woman empowerment and everything uh, when you were in new york what were you in new york for so i came to the us for my media tour and also for a couple of shows so i passed by new york to of of course visit the belle office because i've heard a lot about it and have an interview there and also i went for a couple of fashion shows in new york when i was in new york did you like the experience yes i loved it i absolutely loved it especially um getting to see how your your i mean the workers work at your side the 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 way they gel with each other the way they accommodated us even though they didn't like really know who we were till we got to the office it was amazing and there was a lot to learn from them how the the alcohol is made and also when we went to the fashion show i met a couple of like um um designers a couple of models were there and i i got to also share my music with them so it was an amazing experience so given the fact that you that you wanted to be in on uh, on the in the air all the time traveling where have you been where have you not been yet that you want to go uh I think I, I've not been. I've not been to the Maldives. That's where. That's somewhere I want to go. And Jamaica. I really want to go to Jamaica. I don't know why, but I want to go to Jamaica. Are you a fan of Jamaican music? Yes, I am. I am. I mean, I love their music, and I like. I love their vibe because I feel like they are very authentic. Yes. Know? No, they got the. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you just know that this is a Jamaican song. So what's next? What's what, do you have resolutions for? We're coming on the end of the year. Do you have goals that you have in place for next year? What's next for you? Yes, I do. Um, right now, I just released my my single, my first single of the year, official first single of the year, and I'm looking forward to promoting that. And then there are a couple of shows that I have to attend. But from here, the future looks very, very bright for me. Standing from where I'm, um, from where the point at which I am right now, and also being able to just be on this live call with you and Belair is also another like wish list I've been able to check out and everything. So I think my my new year has already begun right from today. When you when you look at your six hundred thousand fans, I'm just using Instagram as an example. What do you yeah. think they all have in common? Why are they following you? They love me for who I am. They really love me for who I am because I mean, there's there's been instances where I've had other people criticize my art, and then I have I see my fans. There, one or two of them there, and they're like, "You don't understand her craft. She's different. She does it different. We love it. We love it like that." So I think my crowd, they really understand my type of music and the type of brand I'm going for. They know that I just don't want to be in a box where it's like I'm just an African artist. I want to send my music internationally, so I quite think out of the box of what Ghanaians are used to. So they are more, they are very supportive, and they are always there. To support and also stream the music. And if it's a, a little girl who says loves your music and she wants to be a singer, what's the advice you give? What are let's give give me t three things advice that you'd give somebody else. So three advice I'll give to any little girl, anybody who wants to do music and and listening to me. I just want to tell you that you should keep on going because it's your passion. There are people that are going to tell you that, oh, you cannot do it. Or people that are going to tell you that, oh, you're so old, you cannot do music anymore. Or people that are going to tell you that we don't love your sound. But if they don't love your sound, they do not understand your sound. Because, you know, music cannot be for everybody. You have people that will relate more and people that will get to used to you more. So just know your crowd and go after your passion. Don't listen to anybody. And also, I would like to say that hard work is the key. Hard work is the key. Because you have to do things even... 
I know that there are more famous people who still promote their music, who still market themselves. So you have to come a little bit out of your box and go to places you never even thought you would be just to promote your song. So just be hardworking. And also, and you don't know when your next break is going to come. So enjoy the one you have now. Yeah. Be in the moment. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. Just just be yourself in the moment because it gets very depressing in our space at a point in time because when your music is not um, moving as what the current trend is going right now, then it becomes like, oh, I'm not doing well. But you're doing amazing because people follow you for a reason. So just love what you do and go for it. So who, so I, I've, I've told you, I interviewed, uh, who have I interviewed? Jay Bad. I've interviewed mm -hmm. uh, Quamina MP, Black Sheriff. Who, who would you tell me, Brett, you got to meet, who one male one female from ghana that you think is 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 going someplace so i think one artist and um, one male um you you'd really have to meet is mr drew mr drew is one very hard-working male artist i've ever met and his passion for his music is so amazing he gives us all and he does it all and i have a song with him Ichoke, which went viral Ichoke. So, um, what, is, what does Ichoke mean so Ichok, and when you when you search for it on Google or in the dictionary, it means just like suffocating, not being able to breathe. Do you understand? But Atem, in Atem, we use the choke in the sense whereby it's like, oh, like I'm so in love with somebody, I cannot breathe, I cannot live without this person. You get so that's what we mean by our Ichok. But I think so. How did you and Mr. Drew get together on the song? How does that happen? Um, I got back from a trip outside and I was like, no, I want to do something that will have people dancing, something like my first very viral record. So I, I spoke to him and I was like, oh, you should come by the studio. Let's do something together because people are loving your vibe now. You're an amazing dancer, amazing singer. And he got to the studio and within a few minutes, the song was done. And we're like, we have to let people hear this song because people came to the studio and they heard it and they're like, this is a hit song. And we're dancing. So we're like, wanted to share this joy with the world. So it wasn't a really difficult process, but it was a very very fun and relaxing process so it, it, it so i always, i'm always curious about that it just felt right it just happened that easily it just felt right immediately i even had the beat i knew mr Drew was the one i wanted to feature on the song that's how easy it came to us and it just happened we didn't we didn't spend a lot of time we didn't write lyrics nothing it was just like a freestyle thing let's have fun with it and it just happened how do how does that how do you replicate that is it, is it not possible or is it something you, you need that other side to be just as inspired as you, you know? I think it's, it's something that everybody has within them. They just need to tap into it and it comes when it wants to come. It's, it's more of like a vibe and just being in the moment, enjoying the moment and creating something so beautiful. Because most of the times we as creatives, we, we, think, we tend to overthink a lot of you things. You overanalyze it. You overthink yes. it. Yes, exactly. But if you are more relaxed and just enjoy the vibe and the presence that's how big viral songs are made actually they're just made from just having fun is uh how long when you finished the song how long before you guys released it so when we finished the song it was within like a week because really everybody that heard the song was like you need to release it because before it's too late and when we released it within we shot the video within a week we released the song within a week and even before the week could end the song was all over the place are you going to do another song with him? Pardon? Are you going to do another song with Mr. Mr. Drew? Yes, I will, of course. Any day, any time. I love it. <laughs> 
Sefa, I appreciate listening to your story, um, uh, your passion, your hard work. You, 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 you say all the things I believe, you know, Thank you just got to put the time in, put the effort in, put yourself out there. And it, it's also interesting hearing you say it, because if you're an introvert, it's a lot, it's even harder because yes, you've got to force yourself. You have mm -hmm. to force yourself to be in uncomfortable yeah. situations. It's the only way to do it. Yes, um, yes. And I feel that. But you're an inspiration. I look forward to meeting you in person one day. Anything we could possibly do, please ask. And yes. I can't wait for the next album, the next song, the next release. All right? Yes, I'd like to say a very big thank you to you and your team for the hospitality, for the love, and also having thank me you. here. It's a great honor to be here. And I just released something. So all your fans should please go stream it. And also, I'll make sure to keep in touch because I love Belair. I oh, love thank you. Well, yep. next time you next time you come to the U.S., you got to visit us in Atlanta. That's the next place. You got to come yep. see our space in Atlanta. I'll definitely love to come. We have a recording studio for you. We have video production for you. It's all for you. Uh, yes. You can use it anytime you want. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sefa, thank you. Keep rocking. Keep going, all right? Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week.